Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex blogger, a sex journalist, and that means that I get asked a whole bunch of questions that I'm so tired of answering. Who are you, friend? I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and a sex blogger, and I worked in sex toy retail for a while, which is basically teaching the same mini lesson over and over and over to (laughs) everyone that comes in. (laughs) So now I have a recording that I can just point to, or I will, in about an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. This is our uh, sex educator FAQ. Is that a good uh, good title? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you'll make something punny. Yeah. That's a good temporary title. Yeah. (laughs) Um, These are the questions that we get asked again and again and again, and that sometimes make us want to throw things because people should stop asking these questions. Although I I will say a lot of these, a lot of these questions are super valid questions though too. Yeah. Some of them are not. And some of them make me genuinely angry, but some of them are people who actually wonder things that um, they might not know because we're not encouraged to talk about sex in our culture. And that's fine. The only thing that frustrates me is when people ask me questions that like they could Google uh, and I'm like, oh, you took the time to type a tweet or an email, but you couldn't uh, type that into Google. Okay, interesting. But uh, I'm salty like that. Yeah, I mean, true. I also encounter a lot of these in a sex educator space where I'm like out there at a public event speaking or something. Mm -hmm. In which case, them approaching me with questions is less, uh, that's literally what I'm getting paid to be there for. (laughs) So that's, that's where a lot of my, uh, questions that I get over and over come from, which is very different from emailing someone who is trying to live their damn life, Mm -hmm. um, stuff that you could look up. (laughs) Yeah, my, my current beef, uh, is people who send me questions like these on OkCupid, which is happening more and more. Um, and like, I have a line in my profile about, uh, that I, part of what I do is teaching the masses about the evils of jelly dildos. And I get so many messages that are just like, wait, what's wrong with jelly dildos? And I'm like, really? Like, you're going to make me do my job on my downtime when I'm trying to find people to date. Okay. That's fun. That sure makes me want to talk to you. (laughs) I just get a lot of people who are like, uh, because mine just says I'm a sex educator, so I got a lot of people who are like, educate me, and I'm like, sure, here are my rates. And they're like, uh, and I'm like, that's my job. If you want to hire me to do my job, you can. If you want to date me, that's different. It's such a weird thing to navigate. I think we'll do a whole separate episode at some point about, like, dating slash flirting with people in the sex industry because it is, like, yeah. such a fraught, weird and, situation. <laughs> yeah. And there's a reason this community is so incestuous. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. The first thing I want us to rant about... <laughs> um, what is up with people who say, how do I get my partner to do XYZ sex act? What do you tell these people when they <sighs> ask you this question? So I get it all the time. And actually, when I wrote down this one as my reference, uh, I had first written down, like, you know, how do I bring up XYZ conversation? And I realized that's the question they mean to ask, but that's not the question they ask. Right. They ask, how do I get someone to? Which is not an okay thing to ask. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who ask that don't realize that that's the 
they're asking that in a really shitty way. Yeah. But when I get that, I first like to highlight, like, well, we're not going to get anyone to do anything. We're not tricking anyone or fooling them or, Mm -hmm. like, somehow getting the wool over their eyes so that they do this thing that they don't want to do. Yeah, you're not going to wear them down because that's not fun for anybody. Sexual erosion, not the hottest thing. Exactly. Um, But if you want to bring something up to a partner... Uh, I talk about bringing it up outside the bedroom, um, referencing somewhere where you saw information about that. Oh, I went to this workshop and someone talked about, oh, I was listening to this podcast called The Dildorks, and uh, (laughs) they talked about XYZ, uh, and just to kind of get a feel for how they feel about it. And if Mm -hmm. they bring up, if someone states a hard limit, you drop it. You say, okay, we don't need to do that. Like, whatever, we can do other things here, all the things. But if they say, oh, I'm not sure, or I'm a little nervous about that, or I don't know that I'd be into that, you can kind of unpack why they're uncomfortable and also unpack why it's hot to you. Because mm-hmm. there are things that I've not been into, but someone is like, oh, it's really hot because X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that is really hot. <laughs> um, or just the fact that it turns them on for a reason is, like, the fact that it turns them on, and I can see how excited they get when they're telling me about why it turns them on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be enough for me to be like, all right, I wasn't into that, but I can be into that if you're this into that. Yeah. Um, so just having more conversation around it can be a really good way to kind of just understand where you're each coming from. That is how I've gotten into most kinks that I felt apprehensive about initially, is, like, hearing from a partner how much it turned them on but i think that there's also a balance to be struck there because if you talk too much about how this thing is so hot to you uh and it's something that it turns out your partner doesn't want to do then they're probably gonna keep thinking like oh are they like resenting me because i don't want to do this thing are they like wishing that we were doing this thing so like you want to keep it in moderation and like definitely pay attention to the signals you're getting from them uh but like and just even just asking like do you want to hear this information you right, know, like, right. Which is a really underrated question in general, yeah. I say, yeah. as someone who constantly gets DMs from people just, like, telling me huge amounts of information about their sex life that I didn't ask for or consent to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. My roommate and I met working in a sex store, mm-hmm. uh, and, like, I've lived with them for well over a year they've like they've heard me have sex Mm -hmm. but we still will tell i'll be telling a story and i'll be like you know mid-sentence i'll be like "Uh, can i tell you a sex thing (laughs) great here we go like can i tell you a thing about me and my partner can i tell you a thing about my junk great (laughs) and they keep going um and it's like the most useful tool that i've picked up in the past like year or two and the answer is usually yes but still like just to know what you're walking into I love that. You ask me that too sometimes and I love it because like even if you're a very like sex positive, sexually open-minded person, there's still going to be times when for whatever reason you're not up for hearing that kind of thing at that moment. Like whether it's because they're they're texting you while you're like out with your mom or something or like you're having a weird brain day and just don't feel like hearing about that stuff. Like it's really nice to, to give someone an out on that. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as like introducing someone to kinks, another thing I found useful is if you can kind of attach it to a kink that they already have. So mm. for me, one that works really well for this is service, which is just like a really general broad kink that can be applied to a lot of different things. But like anytime a partner kind of weaves a new kink into a narrative of service, like it's something that I will be doing for them to make them happy. 
Um, it's not a guarantee that I'll be into it, but it definitely kind of like speaks my language a little more and helps me feel more comfortable and, and confident about that kink. Mm, yeah, that super makes sense. So another thing I got all the time on the sales floor at work was uh, people coming in and saying, okay, what's the best sex toy? What's your top seller? I'll buy that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the best sex toy, Kate Sloan? <laughs> It's really funny because I will answer this question vastly differently depending on what context I'm in. <laughs> because in sex toy retail, I would be like, well, our top seller is, uh, you know, the WeVibe Sync or like something that like is kind of flashy and that I think a lot of people would be interested in. Um, but in a non-retail, non-retail environment, I'm more inclined, I guess, to answer based on what I actually think because like it's a little weird sometimes to go into your personal tastes while working retail. Um, but like really in retail, you should, if you're a good sex toy salesperson, you'll be like, okay, well, what are you looking for? What kind of stuff do you like? Yeah. What kind of stuff have you used before? Cause like, it's going to vary a lot depending on those factors. Um, when people ask me this question outside of retail though, I'm usually like, okay, well, like here are some of my, my top five faves. Um, one that I say a lot for that is the magic wand rechargeable. Cause I think if you like vibrations in any capacity, that one is a good one because it has like a very broad range of vibration quality and strength. Uh, it's pretty easy to use in a bunch of different positions and on a bunch of different places on your body. But that said, like as with any sex toy, there's going to be a lot of people who that doesn't work for um, and mm-hmm. who just like don't like that toy for whatever reason. Um, there's really no such thing as a one size fits all sex toy. And it's really frustrating when people try to say like, oh, you have to try this thing. Like if you have a vulva, you need this toy. Like that's not a thing. You need a toy that like suits what you want, which is going to be really, really different from person to person. Yeah. Uh, when people came into my store and asked that my kind of go-to was like, that's a little like walking into the grocery store and asking what the most delicious food is. (laughs) I need to know if you're looking for, like, a vegetable or meat or ice cream. Like, mm-hmm. I need to know if you're vegan. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> um, so let's, and then I would say, you know, all right, so let's unpack a little bit more of, like, what you're looking for. Because I can't compare a flogger to a vibrator. Mm-hmm. Um, you could try. It would so, be funny. Right, <laughs> right. So, like, if you could, if, let's focus up, you know. Are you looking for something that vibrates? Are you looking for something that could go inside the body? Those are like my two go-tos. And then I can Mm -hmm. definitely like break down from there. But I think one thing you touched on too is uh, sometimes it can be tricky in sex toy retail because you want to talk about your experience to sell things, but you also don't want to share your personal life too much. Right. Um, I know I personally get a lot of people who would ask me about, like, my genitals, and mm-hmm. or what's your favorite toy? Yeah. And, like, because I function through jokes, I would always <laughs> laugh and be like, well, you're not having sex with me, so let's figure out what the people you're having <laughs> sex with would like. Yeah. Just, we're, we're probably not fucking at the end of this transaction, so <laughs> you don't need to know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and if you do, I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah, like... If, if this takes a turn, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but right now, or even just like, I've had people, I would sell strokers and I'd be like, this one's my favorite for X, Y, Z reasons. And they'd be like, 
Well, like, you don't know, right? Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a favorite, because, like, you don't have... And I would... I have had that happen multiple times, and I have deadpan looked at them and been like, you've never seen me naked, so... (laughs) And they're always like, oh, 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 okay. (laughs) Mic drop. I love it. Just pretty sure. (laughs) Uh, And that's not even a fair... I'm very naked on the internet. It's entirely possible they've seen me naked. (laughs) But probably not. (laughs) It's so funny how, like, working in sex toy retail, sometimes if if I was talking to, like, a femme or, like, someone who I just felt comfortable a- around and, like, wasn't creeped out by, I would sometimes, like, volunteer a small amount of personal information. Like, I might be like, oh, this is the Magic One Rechargeable. It's my favorite for these reasons. I find it really convenient, blah, blah, blah. But, like, as soon as someone, almost always a cis dude, as soon as someone asks me a question about my own personal experience that I feel is invasive, I, like, immediately shut down that part of the conversation. I'm like, yep. nope, not telling you anything. It's just, it's so uncomfortable. Ugh. Yeah, and I've had... Um, oh, I've had a lot of cis women do that to me under the guise of girl talk. Mm. I get that a lot. They're like, well, I'm not threatening. Just like, tell me. And I'm like, no, no, sweetie. Mm. No. (laughs) Um, usually drunk women, to be honest. Um, (laughs) so many drunk people when you work story retail. I do not. I know. (laughs) Uh, um, but yeah. And I think because, I mean, I personally, a lot of my education is through storytelling and a lot of your writing and education also focuses on that yeah um so i think a lot of people see that and they're like oh hey so you tell these stories so you can tell me all the stories and it's like Mm -hmm. no i tell you the stories i choose to through the lenses that are appropriate to me Mm -hmm. uh you're not just entitled to all of that yeah Oh, should I go on my rant about that person yeah, in my DMs? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Okay, I had this person um, also doing that under the guise of girl talk thing. I have no idea if this person was actually a woman. They claimed to be. Um, and they were like, hey, like, I read your article. I have this post called A Dick uh, a dick Worth Sucking, which is about uh, sort of a love letter to a, a person who I was really enjoying blowing at that time. And they were like, hey, I read your post, uh, loved it. I was curious about, like, the dimensions and, like, m- more stuff about the dick that you're talking about. And I was like, well, like, you can read the post. Like, I, I go into why I enjoy that dick. And they were like, no, like, I really wanted to know, like, what, you know, the size and, like, details about what it looked like. And I was like, that's weird. Like, I, you know, that's a partner of mine who, like, hasn't consented to have his dick, like, described in flagrant detail. So, like, I'm not going to do that. Um they got like a little offended um they were like well like just like you put stuff on the internet so like i assumed it would be okay and i'm like well no like i put what i consented to put out there um so then they like several months later when i was publishing stuff about my sex spreadsheet and whatnot they like reached out to me they were like hey have you ever thought about putting like a cell in your spreadsheet to denote uh circumcised partners versus uncircumcised and i was like no but like that might be interesting to like think about one day i don't know haven't really considered it and then like a couple months after that they messaged me again and they were like have you done that yet and i was like no like what like why would i why would i do that and they were just like pressing for details about like the the percentage of like uncut versus cut people that i've had sex with and like what those dicks were like and i was like okay i told you before like this is making me really uncomfortable when you like ask me weird details about people who i've fucked so like maybe don't do that and they were like 
they went on this whole rant. They were like, well, you put yourself on the internet. So like, it's not my problem that like you're uncomfortable with how much you disclose. And I was like, I'm not uncomfortable with how much I disclose. I'm uncomfortable yeah. with you asking me to disclose more than I have disclosed. So just maybe like treat people like humans and like with respect and politeness and decency. I don't know why that's uh, so challenging yeah. for some people, but yeah, I'm like, I make very deliberate decisions about yes. the stories I tell and the way I talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And like, you're, and the other thing is like, I don't hate people asking clarifying questions about things, but you're mm -hmm. not entitled to details and specifics. And like, the first time they asked that question is a little like, mm, maybe that's a weird question, but as soon as you drew the line that needed to stop, you know, like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> the moment someone says that's personal or like, I, I don't feel comfortable telling you that you should back the fuck off. And yeah. it's like amazing how often people don't take that for an answer, especially when you work in the sex industry. It's like, yeah, people just think that they own you and all your stories and every detail in your brain. Nope, nope, nope. Well, so many people like there is such a problem with people remembering basic interactions as soon as you put them in a sex space yeah like, well online so like both yeah. those things together yeah yeah they're suddenly they're suddenly operating as if like I don't know, as if because we can talk about sex, which we can't usually do, we must mm -hmm. be allowed to do all of the other things we can't usually do. Mm -hmm. And that's not how that works. No. <laughs> Just, like, think about it for a minute before you do it. Yeah. It's really not that hard. Yeah. Any other thoughts on what's the best sex toy before we steer this ship back on no, course? No, let's Let's focus. <laughs> let's bring it back to another question. All right, talk to me about beginner butt stuff, because this is a oh really common one, especially in sex toy retail. People are like, how do I get into butt stuff? What do I do? So in sex toy retail, um, butt stuff... So doctors talk about the doorknob question. You go to the doctor's office, they tell you all of the things that are going on in their life, and then as you get to the doorknob, they're like, also I have this like rectal bleeding and a lot of pain, and they're like... <laughs> Okay, that's, like, you were telling me about the sniffles. Like, that's the thing we need to talk about. But the person waits until they get to the doorknob because they're nervous about it. So Butt real. stuff is the doorknob question of sex toy retail. You walk around and they're like, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want this. Th well, I don't know what I was thinking about. And then at the end of your conversation, they're like, so, like, I was, could you maybe tell me, like, a little bit about, like, um... Uh, but butt stuff, <laughs> and I always like light up, and I'm like, yes, I can, absolutely. <laughs> Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Yay! Um, but I have a like five minute beginner butt stuff spiel, which the first rule of five minute butt stuff is don't do five minute butt stuff. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing to know, so butt stuff gets a really bad rap uh, as being painful. And the reason mm -hmm. it does that is because what a lot of people don't realize is the butt has two sphincters. One on the outside um, that you can control. That's when people make fun of you for being a tight ass or whatever. Um, that's the sphincter that you're closing up. The other one, which is maybe an inch or, uh, about an inch or so inside, um, is more like the valves in your heart. It does whatever it wants, and it's kind of an asshole. Uh, <laughs> so with, when you're doing butt stuff, you want to start with a lot of lube, 
and just massaging the outside, like right around the hole, and that can feel really good. And the other thing I talk about with butt stuff is you never want to, like, I'm going to try butt stuff tonight, so I'm going to get a cock in my ass tonight. <laughs> That's a jump. Ambitious. Um, I, some people might be able to do that. Most people will not be able to do that. Um, and there's a lot of pressure and a lot of fear around butt stuff, so when people are trying it, I try to tell them, like, okay, tonight, when you try butt stuff, all you can do is one finger. You can do whatever you want with that one finger, but that's all you can do. Um, and then in a few days, maybe try two or three fingers and, like, slowly work up. And it can be really hot to get to a point where you're like, oh my god, I want more, but it's against the rules, so I have to wait until next time. <laughs> like, that's a really fun way to take the pressure off and also, like, play with that desire. Um, and then when you're massaging around the hole, you want to tip your finger in. We don't go around poking people's butts. Uh, first of all, that's rude. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> um... <laughs> You don't want you don't want to be poking someone with the nail. It doesn't feel good. Um, <laughs> so you want to start. This is education, Kate. You just—that's fine. So you want to start with like the pad of your finger with that nice soft fleshy part where your fingerprint is, and kind of tip the finger in, um, and then wait, and just kind of. Um, wait for that second sphincter to pull you in, because it will when it's ready. Um, and just allow them to, uh, move back onto your finger as well, and allow them to, like, prepare the, um, regulate the speed and stuff. And then gradually work your way up. And you can go to a couple of fingers, you can use a nice plug with a flared base, um, and that plug can stay in place while you do other things. If you're also, um, new to, I mean... Not just for people who are newer to butt stuff. Butt stuff is great combined with other things. Mm -hmm. So playing with your genitals or any other area that feels good. Well, genitals other than butt. Um, <laughs> or any other area that feels good can be a great addition to that and can help you relax into it and heighten arousal, which will make it easier. That is something I wish people had told me about G-spot stuff, too, and I've found yeah. it helpful with butt stuff, too, is, like, if you combine it with things that you already know feel good, then that can help condition your body to have it feel good. Because I think there's a lot of pressure on the idea that, like, it needs to feel good right away, or you're a failure, or it's never going to feel good for you, which is just not what my experience has been at all. Like, I needed to pair those things together with pleasure over time yeah. to even start feeling any pleasure from it whatsoever yeah butt stuff is gonna feel really weird the first time you do it mm -hmm. like be prepared for that because the only other things you've had moving around through those sphincters is poop mm -hmm. so that's a weird relationship i mean some people might be into that mm -hmm. but for a lot of people that's going to be a weird connection to be thinking about while having sex mm -hmm. and your brain is going that sensation is the poop sensation <laughs> um, so it takes a little while, just like how the G-spot, you get the, that is the P sensation. Right. Um, it can take a little while to train your brain to understand the difference between those two things. <laughs> it reminds me of that John Mulaney bit, where he, <laughs> he goes to the doctor uh -huh. for, like, an anal examination, and as the doctor's, like, taking his hand out of him, he, like, thought he was pooping, so he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, like, a pretty normal response, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God, I, w I just want us to talk about John Mulaney on this show all the time. It's fine. <laughs> we'll get him on as a guest. 
We're famous, right? Yeah, we can totally do that. It's fine. <laughs> This episode of The Dildorks is sponsored by our pals at Peep Show Toys. They carry a broad range of only body-safe, non-porous sex toys, which, of course, is very important to us because don't put something that's not body-safe in your body. That's not safe. Yeah. It's right <laughs> in the name. Oh. <laughs> they, uh, they're having a great sale right now at Peep Show Toys. Uh, it lasts until April 15th, 2018. Um, you get a free two ounce jar of the butters lube with any anal toy purchase, uh, which is great. Cause like the butters is, um, it's an oil-based lube, so it's not good for stuff involving condoms. Um, but for butt stuff, it's, it's really wonderful. It's like creamy and natural and moisturizing. I, I really, really like it actually. Yeah. My partner really, really loves it for butt stuff. Um, I use mostly like my Sliquid Silk. Um, mm-hmm. but that's just because I'm too lazy to have multiple different lubes on my nightstand. <laughs> so I have, I have, uh, three right now, but, uh, <laughs> sex toy reviewer life. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we're going to recommend some butt toys that you could check out if you're so inclined. Um, I have a, a new protocol with my partner where I have to, uh, recommend him one sex toy per month and write a little thing about why I recommend it and what we would do with it. And uh, last month, after extensive research, I chose the Enjoy P-Fun plug, because I'm a big fan of the Enjoy Pure plugs. They're they're stainless steel. They feel beautiful. They look beautiful. Um, the P-Fun one is the one specifically targeted for the prostate. He really enjoyed it. Um, it's super, super fun to fuck someone with one of those while you're blowing them, because it has this little loop handle. So it's very easy to manipulate in and out and to kind of angle the way you want it. Um, and steel feels beautiful anally like it's heavy and sensual and it warms up to your body and it's so smooth it takes to lube so well it's really enjoy does some of the best anal toys on the market yeah i have the uh large pure plug and the 2.0 uh which peep show carries both of those and i absolutely adore them for long-term wear too because Mm -hmm. they're stainless steel they hang on to i do use silicone lube with those actually Um, If I'm doing long-term wear, I'll use, like, an Uber Lube, but they're really, really good because the lube doesn't dry up, and it can hang out on the surface of your skin, and the toy doesn't give friction the way a silicone toy does because it's that metal. So Mm -hmm. I've worn them for entire days. I've worn them at the gym. I wore (laughs) one once to climb to the top of Rockefeller Center. That's nearly 70 floors, in case you don't live in New York. Um, it's too many for like, yeah, for like a race thing I was a part of, uh, and even that like zero discomfort, I was totally fine. Um, (laughs) so I mean, leg discomfort, but like my ass was fine and looked great (laughs) when I was done, by the way. I'm sure, Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) I went and did that run like multiple other times. And one year there was actually a sign on the wall that said your ass is going to look great after this. And I was like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and before and during. Your yeah. ass is just general all-purpose goodness. But if uh, if stainless steel is a little intimidating for you, which I get because of the weight, um, <laughs> you can definitely go with, uh, for beginners, I love the Fun Factory booty. 
It's so uh, cute. It's so cute, and the girth is all right at the tip, so you can just, once it's in your body, it's in, and you can mm-hmm. just kind of leave it. Um, and then for a more intermediate one, I really like the Tantus Neo, um, which is a little, it was, while the, where the booty is about a finger and a half, the Neo is a little clo- a little above two fingers, I think, two to three fingers as far yeah. as girth goes. Mm-hmm. has um, a very comfy base so you yeah. can walk around while you're wearing it yeah absolutely so yeah check those out until april 15th you get a free little jar of the butters with any anal toy purchase you can also get 10 percent off your order site-wide with our coupon code dildorks that's d-i-l-d-o-r-k-s that's all at peepshowtoys.com thank you so you brought it up at the middle of the show you have a or the beginning of the show whenever we're at the middle um (laughs) you have a lot of opinions about people asking about dick size right because i know you get that question a lot (laughs) yeah i mean the thing i usually say is that i think it's the most boring question in the world Honestly, like, if a man starts talking to me about the importance of dick size, I just mentally check out. I'm just like, I've had this conversation 500 times. I just, like, it's just so, so boring to me. Um, I'm actually trying to come back the other way, though. I'm trying to become more compassionate about it because I recognize that even though it's a really boring conversation to me, um, it is really important. And it's it's very linked with, like, very real sociocultural forces and insecurities. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better about it. But <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, because, I mean, I'm not trying to be dismissive when I say that. The reason that I find it so boring is that, like, I and most people who have sex with cis men that I know just really don't seem to care about it and are kind of, like, tired of having to explain why we don't care about it that much. Um But also, at the same time, like, there are people who care about it, and I don't think that it's cool to, like, shame those people or make them feel bad because I think like all of us have different needs for our pleasure and our orgasms and like it is more than okay to have preferences as long as you're not like shaming people for not living up to your preferences that's a whole bunch of caveats but like basically my opinion on this is like there are so many things that you bring to the table besides your dick that are so important to sex holistically um, I actually have a blog post about this from way back in the day that's called something like nine things that are more important than penis size, which I will link in the show notes if I can find it. But um, basically, I think that like your attitude about sex and your generosity and um, your spirit of fun and your adventurousness and all of those sort of mental emotional things are honestly way more important than dick size. And I know that that sounds like uh, a made up fake, uh, answer that like doesn't really solve the problem, but I think that that's so true. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime I've ever had, um, problems with a cis male partner who was like insecure about his dick or his like ability to sustain an erection or anything like that. Um, there is such an important moment where he decides what he's going to do and whether he's going to like be sad about this, like, boner failure or moment of insecurity or like try to figure out something else to do in that moment like fuck me with mm-hmm. a toy or like um have me go down on him or whatever like there are always other things you can do 
and I understand the instinct to like get sad in that moment and want to stop but at the same time I think that it's like gonna be ultimately more fun for your partner and for you if you can find something else to do and the more that you do that the more you realize that like sex does not need to be dick centric and certainly does not need to be dick centric all the time um and I just like even if your dick is like smaller than your partner would prefer like there's always toys there's always your fingers there's your fist like yeah there's so many things you can do there's like dick extenders which can be really fun in a lot of different kink scenarios um they do not need to be like a shameful embarrassing thing like some people paint them as i i've had some very interesting and good sex with dick extenders um it's it's just like it's to some people it's a big deal and those people need to find each other like it's like anything else like if if i like needed spanking to be part of my sexuality in order to be satisfied then of course i should find someone who's cool with spanking me and likewise if i need a big dick in order to be satisfied i should find someone who has a big dick but like uh that doesn't mean that everybody has that need and yeah uh, and it's like sad and limiting for you to think that everybody has that need yeah and i have like it's no secret that my preference is for large insertables. Like, I have comically large dicks hanging on my wall here, <laughs> like, on a wine rack. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's an intimidating thing to see, I guess, when I bring people home. <laughs> but, like, I've never been disappointed by the size of someone's dick. And most people's dicks are not, like, the size of the outlaw, you know? Um, Can I just step in like, with a pun for a Yes. If you put a dildo on a wine rack, is it a penis grigio? <laughs> that was a good one, actually. I'll give Thank you that you. one. That's... All right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, I... And that's mostly front hole penetration. So, like, I can do butt stuff with smaller dicks. I can give blowjobs. I can take a fist or a lot of fingers. Or they can fuck me with one of these toys. Mm-hmm. And also, like getting fucked with something smaller is gonna give me other sensations that the toys don't, right? Yes, Like, if a factory-installed dick is smaller than a toy I use, I also get the added benefit of it being attached to a human who can hold me down or say filthy things to me, or just the weight of them, or the feel of their pelvis grinding into my cock, like... Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is stuff I don't get with toys. So yeah, with toys, I like something really big because that's a really intense sensation. Um, with sex with a partner, there are so many other things going on mm-hmm. that like I don't feel like I'm lacking that intense sensation. And if I do, and if I do get like really turned on and feel like I'm craving more, there are, like we said, a million other things that you could do. Yes. I actually... Uh, was reminded by what you just said of of a cis male partner of mine who on a few occasions put on a harness and fucked me with a dildo that was smaller than his actual dick um, on days when like my vag couldn't handle something bigger or I just wanted like maybe a more targeted g-spot sensation or something Um, and like bigger is not the best size for everybody at all times Um, and also like you said like i've never been disappointed by a dick the only exception i can think of to that is if it had like disastrously bad hygiene in which case i was like hmm 
maybe let's shower before we do this. But yeah. like in terms of size, I've never like taken someone's pants off and be like, oh no, never mind. Like I think like a lot of cis guys are very very scared of that moment and that that, that might happen. And like I'm sure there's people out there who've done that and that's horrible. And I'm sorry if that's happened to you. Uh, I just, I personally cannot imagine. Like, if I'm excited about fucking you, I'm gonna be excited. Like, regardless of what's going on with your yeah. junk, like, that's you know, we'll figure and it out. To be honest, I have had way more conversations with people who have sex with people with penises about undoing someone's pants and being like, "Oh Jesus, it's massive." Okay, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, and then you do like. The, like, track warm-up, the, like, okay, no, we got this. I, uh, we weren't prepared for this level of competition, but we got this today, you know? You, like, pep talk yourself. I've gotten people a lot of times at work being, like, you know, my partner's too big. What Mm -hmm. do I do? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever had someone come in and say my partner's too small. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, there is stigma stuff there, too, right? Yeah. One of those is less scary to say than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've never I've never heard that complaint from even, like, people I'm friends with, like, gossiping about dicks or whatever. But I have heard people complain, like, oh, geez, it's too big. Um, in which case, my answer is usually lots of lube. Um, (laughs) lots of warm-up, lots of fingering, lots of toys that are smaller than that person, Mm -hmm. um, to warm up and get there. Um, you can also get bumpers if length is the problem. Um, Perfect Fit makes one specifically for that, but you could also use Oxball's cock rings, because they're just thick pieces of silicone, so the person can thrust as deep as they want to, but it's gonna end when they hit that silicone bumper rather than having to think about, all right, I can only thrust this deep. Mm-hmm. It allows you to still kind of go hard without being able to go that deep. There's, um, a, yeah. there's a Reddit, a uh, subreddit called Big Dick Problems. Um, <laughs> you which, would know that. Yeah, it's, it's like silly, but it's also like this great community of uh, people with big dicks talking about solutions to the various problems they encounter as big dicked people. Um, and it's actually a super helpful resource that I have returned to many a time. Uh, so that's a good one. Check it out. <laughs> that's excellent. I know. I love it. They're so funny. I love when they get into humble bragging and, and I love when they help each other out and they're just like supportive bros. It's so cute. Oh. <laughs> What do you say when people ask you how to have an orgasm? So that's an interesting one um, that also gets bundled up with how do I know if I had an orgasm? Mm-hmm. Um, and personally, that was that took me a long time. I had, when I first started doing sex stuff, I was not having orgasms or not thinking that I was having orgasms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the first thing is to kind of unpack what exactly an orgasm is um because i was having them they were just not the like explosions and fireworks of pleasure that we see on like movies or have are conditioned to expect Mm -hmm. you know at its core it's uh muscle muscle spasms and happy uh endorphins in your brain Mm -hmm. right um so you can have those small level like muscle contractions and that is an orgasm and that's like the start of something and you can grow from there um so i think first it's just rec 
helpful to recognize that. Um, but also I would have them... So the answer is play solo and, like, jerk off and explore your body and don't try to have an orgasm. Try mm-hmm. to just explore your body and see what feels good. As someone who is in this same situation, I hated that answer. <laughs> I hated that answer so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, you know, I just, I just don't really, like, enjoy touching myself alone. I just really want to, like, be with a partner, says the person who jerks off multiple times a day now. Um, <laughs> I was like, you know, I just can't really get off unless there's, like, a partner there, you know? Like, <laughs> now... And now almost all of my orgasms are solo. Um, occasionally I get off with partners when I'm playing, but that is just so not a priority for me when I'm playing with people, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I do sometimes get off with them, but not always. And then I just go home and jerk off and get off on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say practicing, um, <laughs> practicing, exploring mm-hmm. your body on your own and exploring what feels good. Uh, and just playing with that sensation, I would recommend getting a, uh, affordable sex toy that has, like, a wide range of vibrations for you to explore with. Um, you could get something solid for 50, 60 bucks. You can go cheaper than that if you want, um, but if you can swing the 50 to 60 dollar ones, those are gonna be higher quality, um, and give you a better idea on if you actually like vibrators or not. Because cheaper than that are going to be vibrators that a lot of people don't like, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you don't like vibrators. Yeah. Um, And I would recommend to try that, whether you have a vulva or not. This is a conversation I get a lot from people with vulvas, but um, regardless of your body, I would recommend holding a vibrator against it, because nerve endings like vibration. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I personally, I can't get off, or I can now, but... Prior to testosterone, I could not get off without a vibrator. Mm -hmm. Um, And Dan Savage says a lot of terrible things, but Dan Savage also says, um, (laughs) if you use a hammer to build a house, you still built the house. And a lot of people look at sex toys as if they're cheating. Mm -hmm. Um, You're still getting yourself off. You're still getting your partner off. You just have more resources. Yeah. And if if the question is, um, how do you get off with a partner, which is a different consideration, yeah. um, I used to not be able to get off during PIV at all. And uh, what I found helpful, really simple, really obvious, but just like do the thing that does get you off, but with a partner and kind of like slowly add more and more partner integrated things. Um, Mm -hmm. to pair those sensations together Um, it's also really hard sometimes to like verbally direct a partner to do the things that you know are going to work both because sometimes you might not be able to like articulate that very well and also because like that's embarrassing and vulnerable sometimes Um, the book Becoming Cliterate by Dr. Lori Mintz has some great advice in it about like communication and assertiveness that I think uh, will be helpful for a lot of folks especially folks with vulvas um But yeah, that is as much a sexual skill as anything physical. It's like figuring out how to be assertive and how to uh, advocate for your own needs sexually, and it will will do a lot of good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I know you did a lot of research on this, which is why we're (laughs) going to go to you as our expert here. Um, Because... Blowjob workshops. Deep-throating consultant in the field, Kate. Yes, yes. Because blowjobs are like 
the most popular workshop, I think, for most sex educators, if they offer mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, and the most popular question during that workshop is, talk to me about deep-throating. Yeah. Which, like, fair. Like, I think a lot of sex educators are, like, tired of this question. But for me, I'm like, I will talk your fucking ear off about deep-throating. I'm obsessed <laughs> with deep-throat porn. I once went on a Tinder date where I talked to this dude about Heather Harmon's deep-throat porn for, like, 20 minutes. And then I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And then I came back and I was like, so deep-throat porn, though, and talked <laughs> for another 20 minutes. And dude, fortunately, was cool with it. But I was like, wow, like, I, <laughs> I have been drinking too much and have no filter. And I'm just talking about exactly what I want to talk about. <laughs> um... Yeah, so uh, I <laughs> I was complaining to my partner a while ago that I uh, I really fetishize deep throating and I'm also not very good at it. So he put together a curriculum for me of uh, actually helpful articles and videos about it because there's a lot of bullshit about deep throating. There's yeah. a lot of advice that basically amounts to like just take it a little deeper every time and like relax and open your throat. And it's like okay, but how do you do that? Um, so he put together this curriculum. I read all the materials. I <laughs> practiced a bunch. I wrote a reflection. Um, and basically what I learned is like that advice that's so commonly given, it does actually have merit. The advice of like just take a little deeper every time and try to mm-hmm. relax because basically it is a process of like relaxing over time and becoming comfortable with the feeling of discomfort that eventually like inevitably happens when you try to deep throat a dick um because much like butt stuff you're you're doing something that your body isn't really built to do so you have to acclimatize yourself to the sensation and um just get used to what that feels like so that it no longer feels terrifying um there's also practical stuff about like how your breathing has to change because like that's something that i didn't think about and that definitely Mm -hmm complicated my ability to deep throat because I just wasn't conscious of it. So I will link in the show notes at the my post that I wrote about this because it has the links to all the curriculum things that I read. Um, so those are actually useful, actionable advice. Um, the other thing that came up a ton in my research, which um, I hadn't thought about much is changing positions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's often recommended that you like hang your head off the side of the bed so that your throat is all kind of one straight line. Um, and that to me, like every time I read that, I was like, that sounds like bullshit. Like, I don't think that would work, but it actually really does work a lot. And, uh, it helps too, because like, if you can get used to the sensation of a dick going into your throat at a slightly easier angle like that, then it becomes easier to do it in other positions too. Um, Mm-hmm. And just thinking about dick physics when you're thinking about positions. <laughs> I love um, dick physics. <laughs> I have a friend of mine who will talk about like not being super enthusiastic about blowjobs. Uh, but when we like discussed, I was gonna say when we drilled down into that, but that's <laughs> not the phrasing I want to use there. Uh, when we discussed it more, mm-hmm. um, I I found out that like one of the worst blowjobs he got was when someone deep-throated him from the wrong angle. Yikes. Right? And you want your dick curving down the throat, not curving against the throat, because that's not comfortable. Then you're trying to bend a hard dick in a direction it doesn't go. Don't do that. <laughs> um, so just thinking about the angle that you're approaching at, and if the person curves up or down or to the side or however, and mm-hmm. have that curve go in line with the curves of your body mm-hmm. is a really underrated skill. <laughs> <laughs> dick physics, otherwise known as 
Jizix. Oh. <laughs> I also think I, it's important to note also that deep throating isn't as important as most people think it is. Mm-hmm. And like, you can give a perfectly stellar blowjob without ever deep throating. And I know that because I've done it many times. <laughs> it's yeah. someone with a very intense gag reflex. Uh, I've gotten many compliments on my beach technique. So like, don't be heartbroken that you're not going to be a beach queen because you're, or a beach monarch, I should say, because, <laughs> because you can't deep throat. Um, there's always so many other fun things you can do. Yeah, I, I often compare it to a party trick because it is really cool to look down and be like, oh shit, it's gone! <laughs> but like, also, we're going to ignore how squeaky my voice got. It's puberty. It's not my fault. Um, <laughs> it is my fault. I, I started puberty on purpose. It's fine. <laughs> literally injecting myself with puberty every week whatever um but it all of the most sensitive parts of the penis tend to be right around the head Mm -hmm. which then you're putting into a cavity instead (laughs) of like being able to tongue it and suck and focus there Mm -hmm. um your tongue is then against the lower part of the shaft, which can feel good, but not as sensitive as it would against the head. So it looks really cool, but it isn't necessarily the most sensation-intensive thing in the world. And I think a lot of people also think about that because they're like, well, if it's in my throat, it feels like it's in my vagina. But, like, (laughs) if you wanted to be having PIV, you could just do that. Mm-hmm. This person wants a blowjob, which is a different sensation. Right. So, like, right. enjoy the difference. Yeah. Don't just try and make your mouth a vag, because that's not... <laughs> you can't do that. Don't try to make your vag a mouth, either. Just, like... <laughs> I don't know why that's hilarious. Enjoy the right difference. Yeah. Yeah. Deep throating is just, like, one item in a buffet. A BJ buffet. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a great item, but uh, you don't have to put that in your meal every time. It's fine. <laughs> How did you not say beach fay? <laughs> that's not. That's not even good. I know, but neither are yours. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. No, you're. Roasted, you're this week. You had a good one. <laughs> uh, I know. I've really fucked up when you laugh at my puns. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for joining us for this episode of the Dildorks. I think we're going to do a part two of this because there's so many more questions that we get all the time as sex educators. Um, If you want to contribute any for that that you think of, um, feel free to email us, thedildorks at gmail.com. The other thing is we're prepping for our 420 episode, which I don't know how many of y'all heard the one from last year. If you haven't, you should go back and listen to it. But basically what we do is we get really high and then we ask each other sex and dating hypotheticals. Uh, like, would you rather, or uh, what would you do if, or like on a desert island, what would you, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really fun, really goofy. Um, If you want to contribute questions for that, you can email us, thedildorks at gmail.com. And uh, you can also DM us on Twitter, either one of us, if you have a question for one of us in particular uh, that you want to remain a surprise. So if you have a question for me, DM Bex, uh, who is at BexTalkSex. And if you have a question for Bex, you can DM me. I am at girly underscore juice. Uh, I have been Kate Sloan. You can find my sex blog at girlyjuice.net. Uh, the blog turned six years old today, which is amazing. Uh, Congratulations. I wrote a post about... 
Thank you, friend. Uh, I wrote a post today about uh, what kinds of things I learned about myself in the past six years of blogging. I, I can't believe my blog is six years old. That's wild to me. Um, you can also see the rest of my writing at katewritesaboutsex.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Where is your stuff? I'm Bex. You can find me at BexTalkSex on Twitter and Instagram and at BexTalkSex.com for all my writing. Uh, together, we're the Dildorks. We're at the Dildorks on Twitter and Instagram and at thedildorks.com. You can also find our other episodes, including that 421, by searching the Dildorks in your favorite podcasting app. While you're in there, give us a rating and a review. It brings us up in the charts and makes us easier to find for fellow sex nerds. If you want to help support us and help us keep doing what we're doing, you can go to patreon.com slash the dildorks to toss a couple of bucks our way. Uh, that helps us get to conferences and keep doing awesome things like this. Thank you to Protodome, who let us use his song, I Want You in My Bedroom, as our theme song. His music is all at protodome.bandcamp.com. And thank you also to Amy, who did our art for us. She's at starboots underscore on Twitter. She just did some new art for you, right? Uh-huh. I'm really excited about it. She so updated uh, she updated my bio, my picture to have my hair the way it is now and to make me look a little more masculine than I did uh, mm-hmm. in the last ones. And we used that updated picture for a new header for my website that I am absolutely in love with. And it was like the last piece of my final design for like my new website design. And it just looks so good now. I just keep staring at it. It's a little egotistical, yeah. but I don't care. <laughs> Amy's very good. We love her. Yeah. Contact her for your commissioned art needs. Yes. Uh, Thank you also to Peep Show Toys for sponsoring this episode of our show. You can check them out at peepshowtoys.com. Check out that sale that they're having, uh, the offer of like free butters lube with butt toys, which is incredible. Uh, And don't forget to use our coupon code DILDORKS, D I L D O R K S, to get 10% off site wide. And thank you to you for listening. Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye. Bye. Actually, I'm going to turn my volume down a little bit because I'm I just went red and I'm going to yell a lot so because this seems like a yelling episode yeah <laughs> yeah so okay you're thinking ahead yeah okay so do we w- just want to do what a women th- or we can leave what are women I don't, i'm sorry i'm getting confused what are women <laughs> what are, i don't know <laughs> i don't understand woman? them what is how do women <laughs> who is woman soccer <laughs> soccer has <laughs> soccer has a goalie that doesn't mean you can't score <laughs> that killed me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>